Sorry, we're closed. All right, folks, welcome back. Hope you had a lovely weekend. Uh, it got quite chilly. Tampa uh, Tebow's not going to be able to resonate with this, but it got <laughs> quite you, chilly. Man. Yeah, it got quite chilly here in New Jersey and New York. Uh, I, you know, I honestly, Sean, and he, correct me if I'm wrong, me and you have actually talked about the past couple of years how we feel like we have mild winters, at least in the snow department. 100%. I can't. Re- yeah, I can't remember a time where we had. It got this cold this quickly. I mean, granted, it'll probably get warm. Like, it's 42 today, at least that's what my, my device is saying. But to I see uh, saw, something in the I 20s, see, that's, yeah, that's early. In the, uh, I saw something on Apple News this morning that said, we're currently, uh, Central Park in New York City is, is currently in the longest drought of not receiving one inch of snowfall in a 24-hour, like, midnight to midnight span. The original record was... Uh, 335 days b- between getting like a single day of one inch. Uh, and the current span is over 600 days. Um, so it's like oh, crushing wow. the record. Uh, so I definitely think that we have not seen a lot of snow. I mean, we know we haven't seen much snow in the last few years for sure. Um, but the cold, I think there's an El Nino rolling in, which is okay. Spanish for <laughs> the Nino. Uh, and uh, so hope- I'm, I'm hopeful, man. I, I, I love it when it snows. Yes, especially before Christmas, mm. uh, which is which before. is rare. I think at any time we've always waited until yeah. after Christmas for things to get snowy. Well, yeah. last year, last year the coldest day of the whole winter was Christmas week. It hit like it was like zero degrees on Christmas day. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Yeah, right. remember it was bru- no snow, but it was brutally cold, and then the rest of the winter was really mild. Yeah, interesting. All right. Well, if you're on any type of social media, uh, yesterday was the day where you see constantly from your friends and family how they post their year in reviews from Spotify. Everyone's talking about with their, their top podcasts they listen to or the top artists they listen to, so on and so forth. You know, and you always have those people that have to make fun of it. No one cares about your top five. Like, and they, you know, all that stuff. Just, you know, who cares? Uh, but for if you've started a podcast in your life, you also know that Spotify does it for the podcast that you produce. So they have some year in review. So I figured it would be a fun way to start off the podcast to see the year in review here of Sorry Clothes. I'm really looking forward to uh, next year's to see how uh, things have changed because, you know, this year, you know, I think we probably started the year talking about uh, pop culture topics uh, that me and John are so well versed on. And we eventually got to what seems to be our bread and butter, which is this sports business kind of um, We're no longer uh, keeping know, up with world. the Kardashians. No, the numbers no. were there. The numbers were there on social and YouTube. I just want to keep clarifying that. <laughs> That's because the, the numbers were there. Is, is <laughs> our top. So get can it, here. Just quick, quickly. Can anybody yeah. guess what our top reoccurring views video is on YouTube? <laughs> no. I know you had one with like a really racy thumbnail. <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but I just remember me and Patrick just being like, "Did you see the thumbnail?" And he was over there licking his chops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, the number one reoccurring views, it consistently gets like 25 to 50 a week is Jackson Mahomes ar- arrested. <laughs> dude, that guy, dude, Jackson Mahomes gets numbies. But he gets still, numbies. still sports business affecting the Mahomes brand. So right oh, on. We really yeah. Taylor Swift yeah, maybe, now may- with Jackson Mahomes is a perfect storm. I know. Maybe yeah. we revisit that topic uh, coming into the new year of how it's affected the Mahomes brand uh, and has Travis Kelsey elevated the Mahomes brand since – 
uh, dating his new uh, new but you did, did I see not to get not to get into pop culture, but we might as well end the year as we started the year. Did I see that Taylor <laughs> Swift moved in with Travis Kelsey? No way. That's I'm telling you, I saw a headline. I'm looking it up immediately. I don't, I don't know. Look it up. Look I it thought up. But no Sean, way. I thought she that she, they definitely went to Brazil together or something. Yes. Yes. For, well, he got a lot of heat tour. For that. Yeah, on his bye week. She's no. I think Travis Kelsey Kansas bought a new house. Yes, okay. she did. Go ahead, Sean. What did you say? Uh, we got Yahoo saying Taylor Swift is moving into Travis Kelsey's Kansas City home for a few weeks. They're playing out. Guys, I just wanted to just talk to you quickly about the dichotomy here. Literally 30 minutes ago, I was in this exact room talking about posterior ribcage expansion. And now I'm like, Taylor Swift is moving into Travis Kelsey's house. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> this is the life we live here on Sorry yeah. We're Closed. Um, All right. Well, that, that's going to be a great clip for the YouTube shorts, but... Continue on with the Great Spotify clip. rap, Pat. <laughs> um, can anyone guess? I'm. You guys were, were Tivo. You were you on for the full year? No, March. It was like March, March when I started. Okay. Maybe even April. Uh, well, I know this was around your time because uh, you were at least filming things for me. Uh, the number one episode of the year. It was streamed 514 percent more than um, than our average episode. Our number one. Tivo should, yeah, take a guess. Tivo should have a pretty have, have a have a good guess. So I'll let Sean go first. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't remember the episodes. I remember. I do remember like one where we really really got a, a stranglehold on it. Uh, but I, I don't. Was it before right. Tivo or or post? I I believe it was right at the beginning of Tivo. I, I mean, I don't even have a guess so long ago. I have no idea. Yeah, I would I'd have to see the titles, but then that would be technically cheating because I have the numbers next to the titles. But I, I won't. <laughs> Let me see if I can scroll through and not cheat. When, when was, what was the date, you think? Uh, I can tell the date, find the answer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. All right. But, uh, well, it wasn't Tucker Carlson. <laughs> no. <laughs> um... Something that I was involved. Uh, okay, yeah, this is okay. So I can tell when I started because I changed instead of saying episode, I said EP. So one of the okay. first. So then, so yeah, I would say it's either oh the Bud Light case study was one of my favorite, but the uh, content game versus your business expertise or leveraging your personality to make money because that's when I first came on and we started kind of talking about that stuff. Okay, that so I'm too. curious if you were on the show at the time. But I had to be around that time, and you'll remember why. Um, the number one uh, episode of the year was R.I.P. Baseball Pat. Oh, okay, yeah. I was not on okay. for that. I was not on okay. for that. Okay, but do you remember that. the reason I thought you might have been, it was close to you was because it was around that Philly time. Like, that's right. when we, me and you were kind of having this. I just wasn't sure if you were on at the time uh, for the show. But that was the number one episode. It streamed 514% more than our average, average episode. Uh, obviously... Uh, that had a ton of interaction from from Red Sox people, um, but you probably thought uh, you died. <laughs> yeah. Um, funny enough, uh, it still comes up. I don't know how it comes up. We don't talk. I guess I guess we do mention it from time to time. But it's like yesterday. I was I was talking to some guy that I'm trying to do some work with, and uh, my, I asked him. I was like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Blah blah blah. And he goes, "I assume this is uh, business Pat I'm talking to now." And I was like, this is, um, this is unbelievable. I've met this guy three times. Uh, but I've really poured gasoline on that fire with your social media captions. 
Yes, you, I'm sure, uh, you know I haven't looked at my social media accounts, but that would make sense. I should probably look back at that. Um, I see business pat sprinkled about in like my Twitter feed or my X feed, where I'll just see. I'm like, what? Who is this person talking to? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is an interesting one. Fifty nine percent of our listeners discovered us in 2023. It's so like first time so, since. Yeah, and welcome. And the. <laughs> Truly also interesting. Bit oh, looks like business is the one that's getting it. Business behind, episode one hundred and eighty-one. Business behind Fenway Sports Group really brought them in. Um, that was an eight eight percent of our list. Our new listeners came from that episode alone. Uh, so whatever we did on that episode, maybe we start talking about more. Um, that had to be like the uh, like talking about like building around the stadium and stuff like that. Yes. Can anyone guess how many countries we've been streamed in? Oh man! I mean, my podcast was, you know had like a hundred countries. You, I mean, this has to be. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess like I'll guess fifty. Uh, four, I was gonna say like yeah, like forty. No, fourteen. 45. Fourteen oh. countries. Uh, and the most new listeners come from what country? Not in, I. I would imagine this is not including the United States, but because it doesn't include it, but. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say it, it doesn't include. You know, Based on your so smirk, I'm going to say it's not like Canada. I'm going to get. I'm going to guess it's like uh, it's got to be something a little a little funky. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint, just so you don't go too rogue. It is uh, like an English speech speaking country. So you're like, don't. It's not. We're not so in Tunisia, Beijing. Azerbaijan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a funny one. The um, because it's business. It's business. Oh, it's business. Pat and so like business. Pat is all about just making millions and millions of dollars. And where's all the money? It's in like Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. I mean, this is a, such a vanilla guess. I hate saying this. Uh, England. England. Are you going the Saudis? Yeah. yeah the Saudis. Uh, Australia. I was gonna guess Australia. Uh, I was like, who the hell's listening in Australia? I guess um, any of our listeners. So I won't just make you guess these because these are we're going to go through these. But uh, so we get to the topics of the day. But our listeners' top podcast genres were sports at one, two at comedy, three society and culture. Mm. Um, our listeners' top music genres is number one rap, number two pop, three contemporary country. Uh, that's a, a smorgasbord of of things. <laughs> um. Apparently, our 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 uh, listeners are sharing us. Thank you very much. Seventy percent of you sent a direct link. Twenty percent sent it on Instagram, and ten percent via text message. Thank you, everybody. Uh, so appreciate that. The most shared episode, episode <laughs> one ninety three, leveraging your personality to make money. Uh, we oh, see a trend here. We see a trend here. Obviously, uh, we've seen it in our numbers, but we also see a trend in our our yearly review that seemingly business is the one people are most engaging with. Uh, our podcast is currently rated 4.5, which is solid. Although, if you haven't already done so, please go back on and get that higher. Smash that uh, like button. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> we did not so do so well in polls. Uh, did you run polls, TiVo? Yeah, I tried playing around with it. <laughs> yeah, we published seven polls, which I don't know why this is part of our review. It received nine. All seven received nine votes. <laughs> 
Yeah, I imagine I seven possibly seven. Tivo. I, I think some say. of them are me. Yeah. <laughs> Although there are there were some. I was like, oh, I wonder who voted. What but you then you can't. On? But if people, so also most people, I think listen. A lot of people listen on Apple, and so if you're on Apple, you can't even see the poll. It's like a in, like app. It's a Spotify only thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, we have grown 19 percent in followers. Um. And I, that's about it, I believe. I saw that. I saw that. Just, like kind of on this topic. I saw that the Huberman Lab is the number three podcast in the world, which was shocking. Yeah. Yeah. We only we have eighty four listeners that have us in our have that have us in their top ten podcasts listened to for the year. Forty one of them have us in our top five, which I believe goes on that's your yearly great. review. So yeah, all forty one people better better post that on 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 X so that we can repost. And then five people, which got to be you know people that we know pretty personally, have uh, <laughs> us at number one. So, um, uh, so I appreciate that though, guys. It is it still is interesting. We've talked about this a few times on the show uh, that it's always interesting to me how loyal like we haven't had a we we are growing the podcast. It has been growing over the course of the last let's say three or four months, um, but. It's it's really interesting how how the podcast has had such a, a pretty loyal following over the last uh, couple of years, uh, and hasn't really um, hasn't really wavered in that. And we're growing now, which is great. But it, it's really it is interesting that that's kind of how that has happened. Uh, but we created two point four k or two twenty four hundred minutes of content this year, which is about average seemingly because they said it's only about up one percent. From last year, uh, so that seems well, about each episode is about an hour. Yeah, we're we're right on yeah, the money there. Right on the money about that. So yeah, that's they the year our, review for Star Wars. Do they have our? Do they have our time listened? Do they give uh, that? Like how many hours were listened? No, I don't see that. Uh, well, shout out to our uh, our favorite Twitter uh, last month or so. We've had a really active Twitter. We got Preston, we have. a bunch of Janks. We got Tim Hutchinson. We got baseball with Chuck. We got Bill Dance, and I'm sure a bunch of others. Um, oh, I have to shout uh, someone out every episode in 2024. What was who was that again? Dakota. I don't know. Am I right in that? You're oh, supposed oh, to hold me accountable. Person. You answered this. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, it definitely wasn't Uncle Stu. Uncle Stu no. needs to pump the brakes. <laughs> Uncle Stu really needs to pump the brakes. He is getting very aggressive. Yeah, Dakota um, Merrill. Shout out to Dakota Merrill. Yeah, Dakota Merrill. Merrill. We are in we are in Dakota's top five podcasts, and uh, I'm we are right behind. We're number four, I believe. We are right behind uh, Pat McAfee's show. So we we I said that I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out Dakota every show of 2024 in hopes that we jump Pat McAfee uh, in the ranks because uh, I doubt Pat McAfee's gonna shout and you out every show. Had an episode every day. Yeah. <laughs> Is he really? Problem. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't think that's the problem, Sean. <laughs> no, it is a problem. We're electric. Yeah, nothing to do with him being on like, game day and having millions of followers. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's the you know, problem. we got to put out shows every day. Uh, but anyway, thanks for everyone listening in this past year. Uh, if, you are, if we are in the top five, go to Spotify, check out your year in review, and, and feel free to post. We uh, Obviously, we'll shout everybody out. We appreciate everybody that's listening. Uh, and there seems to be 41 of you out there that do it, and we've received one so far. So 40 of you need to get on Twitter, not including family friend, family members, uh, but the other people. So, you know, 
36 of you need to get out there <laughs> and do this. But let's get right into this. Sh- not right into it. It's about 15 minutes into the show. We're going to get into um, – Get, get into Mark Cuban selling the the Mavericks as always with me and TiVo. And first off, welcome back, Sean. Three episode hiatus. Welcome back, Sean. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm I'm actually happy to be back. Yes, welcome back. It's good to have you. It's always good to have a, a different you know different viewpoints, and it's a good show for you to come back on because we're going to get into basketball, which is n- neither mine nor TiVo's forte, uh, but certainly yours. We'll get into it. obviously. Um, Big news. We, we switched episode topics last minute because uh, I, w- I always try to stay topical. If there's a topical you know, piece of uh, news out there that relates to our show, I like to stay topical. And then we can use, as, as TiVo so eloquently put it, uh, evergreen topics when we when we were running low on, on anything that might be breaking that particular week. Um, but he w- he's off Shark Tank uh, in the ne- after the next year, and he's selling the majority stake of the Mavericks, which we will dive into all of that. Let's start on on a lighthearted note. Our good friend over at Barcelona, Jack Mack, great dude, uh, and a great follow on TikTok. I'm sure he does the same stuff on Instagram, so you can follow him over there too. But he does a bunch of green screen stuff. He's like Mr. Green Screen on TikTok. And he has a conspiracy theory about why he's doing this. And I listen, I don't know how he, how he found this, but it is interesting. So I'm going to play it for our listeners here. Uh, let me just get this teed up here. Yeah. Um, and I'll put it here in the mic so everyone can hear it. But, um, yeah, a fun, <laughs> an interesting one, but here you go. Can, I, can you hear this at all? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I see why now. And now we go. <laughs> and now we go. Mark Cuban's up to something, and no one knows what. But I have a theory that it has to do with a small town in Texas, Mustang, Texas, that has a population of 23 people. On Monday afternoon, it comes out that he will be leaving Shark Tank. Not that big of a deal. He's been on it for, I think, close to a decade. Really built a great reputation off of it. And then it comes out on Tuesday that Mark Cuban will be selling his majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks. In 2000, he bought the Mavs for $285 million. So, yeah, he made a lot on that investment. Now, people have been speculating for the past 48 hours or so what this all means. Some were suggesting that he is planning a run for the presidency. It would be a little late to get involved in the 2024 presidential election, but, you know, it's not. It's not even 2024 yet. But then it came out today at 2.24 p.m. that Mark Cuban has no plans to run for president in 2024 after the Dallas and Mavericks deal. If Mark Cuban's not running for president, what's he doing? Is he just going off into the sunset? Or maybe he knows that he's about to get arrested or something? I think neither. Where my mind went was Mustang, Texas. That is the town that Mark Cuban bought in late 2021. It has a population of just 23 people. And then back in March, there was a report from a local Texas news station that everything in Mustang, Texas was being torn down. Could Mark Cuban be building his own city? Does he have grand plans for Mustang, Texas? We will see. This is just a guess by me. Um, but I do know that he's up to something. He, he's up to something. This is not a guy who's just going to go off into the sunset and just say, see you guys. This is a guy who, you know, he likes to build things. He built the maps. He built a bunch of companies. Whatnot. So, first thought here: Did any of you were any of you aware that you could just buy cities? I did know you could do that, and only because I travel down some YouTube rabbit holes every once in a while. But I did know you could buy a town. 
Okay, so give me if you know. Do you know any more information on that, Sean? Because I don't under like if I was you know like I don't understand who I don't know, so do you buy like a municipality. Is there uh, owners I, I of know. towns? No, I don't think like somebody owns Hoboken. Um, I, I, I mean, maybe you're just buying up all the land. I, I really don't know. I'm speculating, but uh, I, I have seen like things where like people buy. Like I remember saw some guy on on YouTube who bought like an, one of those old western ghost towns, uh, and he just yeah. lives there. Um, and so like, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what it. What is it like? I think the question is like, what does it technically mean to own the town? Did you buy all the land and the property on there? Uh, or now, did you buy like a document that says like it's now Patrickville? You know, yeah. Like, like that's like now. Do you like? Do you are you now in charge of the mayor? You know. Yeah. Like what? I don't understand what happens, Tivo. When while we're talking about this though, can you bring up? Can you look up it? Um, how, how far Mustang is from Dallas? I already got it up. Hold on. Okay. What what is it, Sean? How it's far? Very is it close. close. Is it close by? Yeah, it's really close on the map. I'll give you the exact uh, distance here. It's fifty eight minutes by car. Uh, Sixty-two okay. miles. It's due. It's like just south. Okay, so it's not close enough because we're going to get into this a little bit. But uh, one of the things so they're talking, just the quick Google I'm seeing is you can't actually like government-wise buy a town. You can just buy all the land around it and then you own it. Gotcha. So you just own the. T- so that's what they mean that by own a town. Yeah, that makes more sense. Maybe it's um, like a defunct town with no like mayor, and it's just now your property. Right. Yeah. yeah, you just buy it. You just own the land. I wonder, you got to imagine, it's got to be governed somehow. There's got to be a town around it that actually governs the, the city. Um, well, you remember there, you ever hear there's that one like part of like Wyoming, like it's like it's like t- four square miles or something where that's there's, there's just like no, it's not like incorporated at all. So like this is like the perfect place to commit a murder, they say, because you in like the, by the letter of the law, you have to have like, uh, you know, like, uh, 12 jurors uh you know to to like participate in a trial a, a trial and there aren't 12 people within the appropriate radius so they're like you can't you can't go on trial in this area if you commit a murder in this like one region so i guess there are That's places funny. that are uh I, and, I, I, like, i'm sure that doesn't sh- totally add up i'm sure that they would find a way but like that i've heard that before where like that's where and i think in yellowstone I'm not a spoiler, but like I know they they dump some bodies, and I think that's what they're saying. That's where they're dumping them because of that, because of that fact. Um, so I think that there are like ungoverned areas, like un like included into uh, like a town. Interesting. And Shit's Creek, that's the basis of Shit's Creek. Is like oh, it's is a it really? really? Wealthy f- yeah, it's a really wealthy family. They lose all their money, and the only thing they have left of their name is a, is a small town called Shit's Creek. So it'd be like if Mark Cuban lost all his money and then he owns, you know, Mustang, Texas. Mustang, Texas, from a quick Google image search, looks heinous. <laughs> looks like re- yeah. it is exactly what we thought, like a, an, an abandoned town for the most part. Well, who knows? But there is a there's a part, and we'll get to it. Um, but let's get over the the basics here of this of this this sale. Um. So he's selling the 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 majority stake. It hasn't been finalized yet. It's going. It's up to league approval now. The league is 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 vetting it, but he's selling it to a billionaire named Miriam Delson. Um, it is noteworthy that uh, Mark Cuban negotiated. He stays in his current role and con- controls basketball operations. Um, a Delson is the largest stakeholder in the Las Vegas Sands Casino. Her her late husband is who started the company, and he passed down 
the once he passed in 2020, I think, or 2021, he uh, it, the the all the shares were left to her. She recently sold about two billion worth of stock in the company. I don't even know how you go about doing that. Who is buying that much? But uh, recently sold about two billion worth of stock in the company with the goal of getting into a sports team. That was it was public. It was known that that's what she wanted to do. No one knew where or who, uh, but that was what she was planning on doing. And uh, it seems as though also prior to the sale, prior to a lot of things, Mark Cuban had targeted uh, the Las Vegas Sands as the company he wanted to partner with to bring sports gambling and a casino to the state of Texas, in particular, obviously, Dallas. Now, this is where Mustang, I thought, and that's why I asked for a, a... a quick Google search to see how close they are because the long-term vision is to build an arena that is surrounded by a casino. Uh, Mark, and this is where he said that he had targeted the Las Vegas Sands as, as people that he wanted to partner with in order to accomplish that. Now, it's obviously noteworthy that um, sports gambling and casinos are still illegal in the state of Texas. We'll get into that in a second as to why this particular sale is important. Uh, and why it's probably an indicator that it probably won't be uh, illegal for very long. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> recently, Forbes uh, valued the company, the, the Dallas Mavericks, at $4.5 billion. Uh, the Mavericks, uh, she bought the Mavericks for th- at a $3.5 billion valuation. When you see that Mark Cuban sold uh, at $3.5 billion valuation, that is not, does not mean he got $3.5 billion. That means the company was valued at $3.5 billion, and let's say she sold... She bought 50% from Mark. That means he got a half of $3.5 billion, uh, was what, $1.75. So uh, he, I see a lot of people out there c- talking about how he, you know, Mark got $3.5 billion. Why wouldn't he do it? Uh, well, Mark did not get $3.5 billion. Uh, so just, is, he, uh, now, is he still owning some shares? Yes. Yeah, he, all he's saying is he's he selling the majority stake. The majority. Okay. Yes. Uh, so it seems as though I don't know how many shares he owned to begin with. But he, I would, I would doubt that he would want to stay in as head of basketball operations and all that stuff if he didn't still have a piece of the company. Yeah. I would imagine he's not just going to stay on as an employee. Yeah. Like he'd like, I'm sure he has some stake still a part of the squad. Yeah. Um, uh, it does, but however, uh, uh, it it does seem as though uh, Mustang is probably too far away. Uh, in order to uh, build this casino, but maybe you I mean, never think know. about it, it though. I mean, if you're, I mean, sixty miles is long. Like that's yeah. that's tough. But you know, you look at like uh, like the Dallas Cowboys are in Arlington. The Texas Rangers are in Arlington. I know that's like much much closer. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much you know, closer. How much closer is it? Significantly, like it's like a, it's like right. I think it's on the outskirts. Or how far how far is L A. driving wise from the say. Dodgers? Uh, uh, like miles. No, how long would it take you to get there? <laughs> okay, so now you're talking because because exactly. like the the uh, the Rams the Rams facility is by LAX or the Rams Stadium is by LAX and downtown LA is is 30 minutes. I lived really close to LAX, so that's like a 30 minute no traffic drive, and good luck getting that uh, in LA. And that's going to be you know 50 minutes to an hour uh, from downtown LA. Um, I was even thinking like Meadowlands, like, you know, Meadowlands is, I mean, it's not even close to 60 miles, but, but no. it'll take you, it'll take you, take you some time to get over there. Yeah. So like, I think, I think, uh, and I do know from my experience that the Mavericks current arena 
is nestled into the city. It is like, it's not, there's not like real estate around it. Um, uh, So, and I I think if I'm, if I remember correctly, that was the arena where we had to like go into like a secret tunnel, like a couple blocks away to like enter like the underground of the, uh, of the, uh, of the arena. So it's like, there is a lot going on around it. All right. Now, before we get into the politics and everything that's going on, that's going to take the large majority of this. A few other factoids. Um, with Forbes recently valuing the company at $4.5 billion, you might think that Adelson got a steal, which she might have. I'm not sure. I, I don't value these companies. But it should be noted that these valuations are, are oftentimes made up uh, and just guessed on. And the, the random the, the, uh, example I give is that there's some random-ass site that's not quite as reputable as Forbes, <laughs> but there is a random site online that has me as a billionaire. Um, <laughs> and I can assure you that I am not even in the ballpark just of shy. ballparks, just shy. as ba- yeah, just shy of a billion right now, um, and also it should be noted uh, that uh, Cuban bought the team in 2000 for 285 million dollars. So he is currently he certainly is making out quite a big, um, uh, you know, he's made quite a big profit margin. He's going to pay some taxes on this bad boy. Unless he's probably finding a way around it, but uh, certainly a big, a big contributor. Uh, and, and, and making a ton of money on this deal would be Mark. Um, but let's dive in here a little bit into this. Um, so, so currently, obviously, the sports betting in, is still illegal in the state of Texas. Now, you've seen deals where people do stuff like this, and it's not like they don't, they, they're, they're hoping this helps, but it's not necessarily helping. But there's an, also a, a vast majority of people like Mark Cuban who are intelligent people who, uh, you know, I don't know if he's got a good relationship with the city of Dallas. Last episode, we talked about, you know, the, the relationship that seemingly the Tampa Bay Rays have with Tampa or St. Petersburg in contrast to um, what the Oakland A's have with Oakland and why one team decided to stay in St. Petersburg even though they have lack of attendance and such and why one team is leaving Oakland to go to Las Vegas. So we've talked about that. I don't know Mark Cuban's relationship with the city of Dallas uh, I don't know, you know, how how that operates, but the interesting thing about Mustang Texas, and I'm going to certainly make a TikTok about this and 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 to to jump on the Jack Mack bandwagon, is we've talked about on this podcast countless times, and we we've done the Red Sox, we've talked about the Braves recently, and how they have that whole city, you know, kind of built up. Like we have all these different teams that seemingly the the best way to make a killing in in sports is to build the asset that is exciting and people want to see and then build all the real estate around it and make it a a super valuable proposition for you. Mustang would be an interesting place to do that. 58 minutes out of town, so it is a little bit of a hike. But if you put a casino there with a hotel and you're building all of this kind of city around it, um, you could make it a destination for people to come watch watch games. Now, it's not quite like football where you only have one game, but people are in casinos, and we know this. People are in casinos 24-7. Uh, you have those people that love to sit at the slots, love to sit at the blackjack tables. Like There are people there 24-7 loving to gamble. Um, so there is a chance that he does this, and there's also a chance that behind closed doors, he already knows that this that's the gambling's coming from the state of Texas. 
I think gambling is going, and I think a lot of people, and majority of people, believe that gambling is going to be legal and sports betting is going to be legal in almost every state in America sooner rather than later. Texas being a, a, a pretty Republican city, or pretty Republican state, and seemingly, you know, Republicans oftentimes like to get a ton of, you know, they're often thought of as the capitalist party and, and the business pro party, like all that. So I, you would imagine, I would imagine that Mark Ory has a pretty good indicator that this is coming. On top of that, oftentimes when you go and you sit down with these meetings with politicians and, and try to figure out ways to get it done, they often say, well, listen, you know, we want to do this right. We want to make sure that we're looking after the constituents of the state of de- Texas and so on and so forth. We don't want to just do this. So oftentimes they say, all right, Mark, we like your proposal. We like what you're doing. You're going to bring this many jobs. You're going to build this much in Mustang, Texas, a godforsaken you know, town that has 23 people in it. You're going to do all of these things. There's going to be so much economic you know, boom in the, in the state of Texas because you're going to do this. But we, we don't want this to fail. Who's going to be your partner? Who in the, in the, the gambling world are you going to bring on that can do this, that can give you that expertise on that side of the equation? Uh, because it's one thing to build all this. It's a whole other thing to be able to operate it. And you don't have any experience in operating casinos and so on and so forth. And so that's when you know Mark probably already did at that time. But we go out and solicit uh, uh, different you know, people with expertise in that industry to go back and say, hey, listen, you love the proposal, you love all this, and we're going to bring in the biggest gambling uh, uh, company in the world in Las Vegas Sands. Uh, and we're bringing them in as our partner. And you know, there's no one better in the country to bring this in and, and to partner with us and to do this the right way. Uh, in Texas, it, it, you're not going to get a better team you'll, you, or in, across the country uh, to, see, to be able to do something here. We've seen success, at least seemingly success, at the Win and Encore out in, out in Boston Harbor. Uh, you, know, you know, they're bringing this to Texas, and it, it brought in a great partner. Uh, so I, if I were a guessing man, I would say likely Mark has already had those discussions with the state and the cities. And is has brought in a, a great partner uh, to show that he's serious about this, that he's he's excited to build this, and so on and so forth. And you have to admit, listen, he just he just made a, a huge profit. He's going to roll that into other investments, probably building up the city of Mustang or building in Dallas, whatever he decides to end up doing. But he's on top of that, probably if he does it right, his whatever stake he has left is probably going to increase in valuation by a tremendous amount if he can do this the right way. So there's infinite upside here for, for Mark Cuban and, and what he's doing. Um, and it's not just, hey, we're, we're, we're selling to sell or what have you. There's, there's also talks, and not to get too far into this, but there's not too much behind this. There's also talks of, uh, that he was going to run for president. He, he talked seriously about it a few years ago. Uh, his people did come out and say he wasn't going to do it. I also saw an article um, that said that uh, uh, he, he doesn't – it was a quote from him that he would never consider it completely out of the question because he didn't want to put his family through that kind of scrutiny, which I think a lot of people can resonate with. So uh, that's not on the table. Uh, also, a quick Google search will also tell you – a lot of people are saying that uh, he's selling off his assets because he wants to run for president. You don't need to sell your assets to run for president or any office – you just need to put them in blind trusts. 
Um, I learned that. I didn't know. I knew you didn't have to sell off assets. I just didn't know how you had. I knew you had to do something in order to you know make sure you protect the office, so to speak, uh, the integrity of the office. Uh, so I knew you had to do something, but that's something for people that you know weren't going to do the quick Google search. I did it for you. Uh, but there is, there's not much. You don't have to do. You just gotta. You just gotta reconfigure your assets, not sell them off. So that's not a thing. So if I had to guess, along with conspiracy, I think this conspiracy theory has a little validity to it. The only thing is it's a little far out there, but you're gonna be able, you can build your own city, so to speak, and build around this type of thing. Like, I mean, I, when I was at the Sphere in Las Vegas, and that's many years ago now that uh, this had happened, but when I was in the Sphere in Las Vegas, they st- they, part of the display was Las Vegas being complete desert and s- over the years seeing how it got built up and seeing what it turned into today. So... You know this. You know Las Vegas, the gambling, you know mecca of the world, certainly started as nothing. Could Mustang Texas be the next Las Vegas? Because <laughs> it looks, based off the videos that I, the video I saw from Jack Mack, uh, I, it looked like it was it was pretty deserty. Um, <laughs> so uh, could this be? Hey, listen, I don't know, but I think there might be more validity. I think Jack Mack had some fun with it, but I think there might be more validity to this. Um, uh, you know this theory of him possibly, and we all know, like, you know, East Rutherford not wasn't the greatest area, kind of swampy. Yeah, you a lot see of a lot of you see a lot of uh, arenas. They go out into like cheap real estate, uh, and I know, I mean, the the move these days is to buy the land and then build it up around. I know they're doing that with the De- new Detroit Little Caesars Arena. Um, you know, I'm looking at the, I'm trying to like pull up some stuff. There's uh, 23 people that currently live in. Mustang, Texas. According to Wikipedia, it's only 21. Uh, there is a lot of airports around it. This is, I, I don't know, they all kind of look municipal though. Like I was like, oh, maybe we can get a little insight if there's like a big, air, like a sneaky big airport near Mustang because the teams are going to have to fly. The, I, I don't know. Patrick, do you remember, I don't remember traveling an hour outside of the airport. Like even when we flew in, into Detroit, we didn't fly into like the main Detroit airport. We flew into like a private airport and just caught a bus from like a municipal airport. Um, <clears throat> I don't ever remember flying, and, and that's actually another good one. Auburn Hills. I don't know where the heck that was uh, in uh, relation. Well, I was to gonna Detroit. say Detroit. We flew. We, it was it was a hike. Yeah, we because we did because they didn't want to they didn't want to staying in Detroit. Yeah, I just so don't remember. I don't remember. If, I don't. I don't. An hour seems a long way to to take a professional sports team. Uh, well, if you're building would, and, a city, I think you can build a, a small well, municipal airport to get yeah, teams yeah, in yeah. there. <laughs> I know, I, I agree, but I want I was like, well, maybe they have one like uh, like already there, and they like were like they were like, oh, we don't even have to build the airport. I mean, they'll have to build the hotel and everything, so it's got to be a long term project for sure. Um, but I do think it's within reason, sixty two miles. Definitely within miles. reason. Yeah, I think that's within reason uh, for them to for them to do that. I don't know if it's, I don't know if they're going to turn it into the new Las Vegas, but you think about like Jerry Jones. He built the Star and that complex out in Arlington, um, which is right, you know next right next door where, where we were talking about before. Um, so, uh, you know this, I th- I think that's I think it's a really a really good thought process that that could be where they're going to build this, you know, take up all this new land and that was their availability to do so. Yeah, I was, I, I agree with you. And if I had Jack Mac's phone number, I'd call him right now and put him on the show live. Uh, <laughs> but the I. The more I've thought about it, once I saw the, sh- the, the clip, the more I thought about it, I was like, 
this this starts to make a ton of sense. Yeah. You buy up all the real estate. This is kind of a playbook. Um, I mean, again, you're right. It's a little bit further out than most other places. But you never really see, I mean, besides basketball arenas, you never really see sports teams in the, in the heart of the, of the city. Yeah. So you typically see them out. If you're going to go build a city or build like a little, little thing, you, you have to find cheap real estate. He's already done that with Mustang. I will you say, find okay, let me jut in here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, according to Wikipedia, if, if, if I'm looking at this right, it is 0.12 square miles. That's like crazy small. Zero point, so it's a tenth of a mile. I see, what, I see what you're saying. I, I zoomed in on it, so it's like Mustang, Texas, and right next to it is Angus, Texas. Like, yeah, so like Mustang, Texas, street. according to, I mean, I don't, I'm not great at like judging this, but well, I think it's that a that tenth means of this. It's a tenth yeah, of the tenth size of Hoboken. In a rectangle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a tenth of the size of Hoboken because we're one square mile. So, so be just I like what you, I don't know what you can do with a tenth of a square mile. I mean, he's got an idea, and he knows more than I mean, me. You don't know the other deals he has around town. Sure. Uh, does he have other towns in, in on this? That's super small, um, though. So there's Mustang, Texas, and then right across the street is Angus, Texas. If he buys Angus, man, we're in business. Street, Texas, <laughs> Valley, Texas. Yeah, so Mustang is just that little square. It's like a, it's like a street. Yeah, it's like the size of a warehouse. <laughs> like a yeah, like I'm thinking Amazon warehouse is probably is bigger down. than that. According to Google, the population was zero at the 2020 census. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Hughes bought it in December. Oh, oh here we go. Seventy-seven uh, acres, and he bought it, he bought it for two acre town for two mil. Yeah, so it's just, it's linking to that article. Seventy-seven acres. You ain't, you ain't building a city on that. I mean, you couldn't. No, you can't, a, you, a small you city. Can't <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't. I wonder how many acres in arena is. It looks like you might have to include Angus in this deal. Angus, you got to get Angus. Three hundred. You got to get Angus. It's like it's like Boardwalk and Park Place here. You got to yes. get Angus. You got to get Angus. If you're gonna do this, you got to get Angus. Details on Angus. All this talk, I gotta be honest, all this talk about building the next Las Vegas in Mustang, Texas doesn't really work. <laughs> okay. It's also seemingly a very Angus weird shape. Bigger. You gotta get Angus. You gotta get Angus. We, you we've Angus said, is, uh, you heard it here three, first. 3.3 square miles. Yeah, Not if you don't get Angus, what are you even doing? Angus has he, a total population of 429. Well, here, you know, here's another question. Does Mark does Mark Cuban own <laughs> any property in Angus, Texas? Considering the uh, average income is thirty-eight G's, I don't think <laughs> Marky Cuban has a lake house in Angus. Well, I don't. I'm not saying he has a lake house, <laughs> but if he's buying a, pro a property, he yeah, can build yeah, a yeah, city. Yeah. It's all all talking about Mustang. The per capita income was sixteen thousand dollars. Yeah, but cost of goods over there. I mean, you're doing a gallon of milk for fifty cents. Yeah, you might be, you know, they might be paying you to take it. That's sixteen grand. 
yeah, I'm not seeing. I mean, I, everything's just talking about Mustang. It's too much to yeah. figure out. I, mean, I, I got to imagine. I, first off, if towns. this is the actual plan, he probably has some Angus as well uh, <laughs> in the works. I got to imagine. Better, he's got we we got to change the name of Angus. Well, Sean, I, I I've never, it. I've never been down where the Mavericks play, but is there? room to develop down there kind of like what you're saying you just you've no been there. i mean no i don't think so from from what i remember it's like it's, it's actually, actually like tucked, tucked into the city. city i mean it's not a huge it's not like new york um yeah. but i mean i re- i i absolutely remember like buildings and, and developments and 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 like structures uh, around the arena so you're not you're <clears throat> like you're not you're not like taking those over or building it i mean you might be able to squeeze one in or something but <clears throat> i don't see that happening no Well, listen. He got to get Angus. We it, it seems like you just need Angus to do this deal if we're doing it the way we we think we're doing. And there's going to be money to be made on this on this deal. Let's talk quickly, guys. And it doesn't have to be quick. But let's talk about some sports gambling statistics. We got a bunch of statistics I put on here and we got a a Tivo tidbit as they're calling it. And we're going to get to that that um that um Whatever it's called in uh, that segment, the TiVo tidbit. Well, I want music next time. I want you got to develop some music that we can play <laughs> for the TiVo tidbit. Uh, but sports gambling, as you may imagine, uh, is pretty lucrative. Pretty lucrative thing to be involved in. <laughs> um, let's talk some statistics. Forty-six percent of all adults, all adults, all of them, have placed at least one bet in the last year. Thirty-one percent. That's a huge number. I couldn't yes. believe that. Thirty-one percent of American sports bettors place at least one wager a week. So it, that's not much further off forty-six percent. Yeah. Uh, for all, so pretty much everybody that's gambling is gambling at least <clears throat> once a week. Um, what I found interesting was basketball is the most popular sport to gamble <clears throat> on. Fifty-three percent. Uh, soccer, which was also shy, was number two. With football being last, uh, oh no, last third. I thought football would be the most. Is so this in America stats like in America? Yeah, I gotta imagine that basketball is, is up there is the most because there's more games. Yeah, to gamble on. Could be. Um, but uh, shout out DraftKings. One of two gamblers prefer to gamble on DraftKings, and the most popular. And this is where I think with basketball, with so many games and so many different things going on, the live bet seemingly is the most popular way to gamble. They want to bet, you know. As the game's going on, and not necessarily just you know, <laughs> I remember one time, <laughs> Sean, not gamblers. I'm glad that we don't have a gambling, uh, <laughs> gambling. Um, we were about to gambling, be rich, dude. <laughs> yeah, gambling. <laughs> we were about to put our life savings on ooh, Hawaii or something. Hawaii was playing Michigan, and they were like a 52 point dog, and we're like, guys, if you just lose by 50, like we're, we're we got this. And some like well, I think it was a podcast listener. They're like, hey, yo, by the way, don't do that. <laughs> yes like, we were we were thinking this that that all they had to do was like lose by 51 or less and we were gonna make a fortune and what it turned out is like if they lost by 51 or less we would make like one dollar on like a thousand dollar bet or something it was just it wasn't anything what we thought it was but that was a yeah, good I still time don't understand what it was but i was like I, I would do you know how hyped we would have been for that game yeah to oh, sit dude. there and watch hawaii but we thought it was a surefire bet. Was I know, but that's how you get into those games, man. It's like you, you put a little, you put a little coin on it, and I do understand. I do appreciate that, like how it really draws you into a game. 
Yes. No question. No question about it. I think and that's. I think a, a lot of people like to do it that way. It's just a great way to lose money. Seventy-five yeah. percent um, of people prefer to bet online, which would be against the, this approach. Twenty-five percent, uh, obviously, based off that, is the prefer in person, uh, which would be the target audience for this for this uh, for this project in uh, Mustang in Angus, Texas. Um, Interesting. And this is what I found these these things interesting. So, for all you gamblers out there that like to do this, um, so your 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 household income, if it's greater than one hundred and fifty, those people prefer to bet in person, as they presumably seem to prefer the experience and the service you get over the actual gambling. Uh, they also, uh, caveat to that, they also apparently are able to get more exclusive deals in person Well, well the casinos will give them things while they're there. Uh, but it seems like the experience is the most important thing to them rather than just gambling on something. Um, uh, if you have a hundred, oh, if you, oh, here's the thing on, uh, on which sport you prefer households of over a hundred thousand primarily bet on soccer while households with. 50 to 90, primarily bet on basketball, and less than 50K prefer to bet on American football. Hmm. I'd like uh, to see the, uh, like, if the, like, seeing those numbers add up, like we talked about before with the commercials, right? And when you watch, yeah. uh, when you watch soccer, like, do you see, like, like high-end, like, watch ads, like you would when you're watching tennis or something, and then basketball is mm-hmm. kind of, like, mid-range, and then football is just, like, pizza and beer, yeah, right? right? Which, Which it kind of is. is. I remember t- I remember talking to uh, Sean one time. Sean really likes to watch just the most random ass college basketball games. Now I give him a little credit because he often says it's a lot just like ambiance. It's like it's just something to be on TV. Which like baseball sometimes it feels like that for me. Uh, so I get it a little bit. But I'm not watching random ass college baseball games. I'll watch like the major league, major league baseball. But Sean likes to do that sometimes. And I remember one time like the Dollar General uh, commercial came on. And Sean, me and Sean were into the business world at this point. We understood a little bit more about marketing and all that stuff. And I go, hey, Sean, just so you know, the Dollar General thinks you're its target audience. Uh, and Sean has watched less college basketball since. He's, he's The ne- very next year, he was watching tennis in the morning. Yeah, uh, <laughs> things change. Yeah, things change pretty rapidly for Sean. I now, I now watch Harvard and Dartmouth play yes. in, uh, in college hoops. Sean did not like that the Dollar General was targeting him. Um uh, but uh, back to this a little bit. Millennials primarily bet on soccer. 65% of millennials bet on soccer. Baby boomers and Gen, Gen X. 64% of boomers, 55% of Gen X primarily bet on American football. And while Gen Zers primarily bet on basketball. Is Gen Z the new one? Gen Z is the new yeah. people? The young, the young kids? <laughs> that's, the young, that's the young kids. But... The overarching and the thing I want everyone to come away with here is how much money and why these teams are doing this and why building in Mustang or Angus or even building in Dallas is it would be a very lucrative deal uh, for these people is that in Q3, one quarter of 2022, sports gambling posted a whopping $1.68 billion in profit. Whoa. It is almost we're we're and they're expecting obviously more that there to be growth because it's not even legal in all the states, so we're expecting a ton of growth there. You know, one point six eight billion in profit in in just one quarter, 
obviously you you're buying buying up real estate in Mustang, Texas and Angus, Texas to go build this this project. Um it just I mean, it's it's an outrageous amount of money uh to be making in this. And again, for all you listen, I feel like I should do one eight hundred gamblers commercial right now. Um you know, if you are a gambler, you they you not you know you're probably gonna lose. You know, you're not. You're probably not going to win. So, you're lucky if you break even. Yeah, and I, but I give you if you're if you're in the Sean world, I think AC's kind of in this world. Our good friend Anthony, he likes to gamble on sports. Uh, I, if you're doing it for the experience to get into a game you ordinarily wouldn't be into, oh, you're paying for an experience at that point. That's fine. And if you happen to win money, great. If you don't, the, the game was way more fun or possibly way worse for you, as you saw your paycheck go down the drain. But, um. If uh, you know if you're doing it that way, I get it. Uh, if you're not doing it that way and you're you have a problem, one eight hundred gambler is at your disposal at any moment. Uh, and please dial that <laughs> dial that uh, that phone number because it is a great way to get in a really bad position financially. <laughs> so, um, with that being said, uh, the one thing else I want to go before we go to the TiVo tidbit, um, there was speculation. I saw some speculation in the comments section of some of some TikToks that people were like, oh, the TV deals are going down the tubes, blah, 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 blah. A very, very, very fast Google search. Literally the first article I clicked on from Forbes talked about how um, not only is that dead wrong, uh, but they are there are reports of in 2025 when this their current TV deal, media deal are up, um, that they're going to possibly double or triple their fees to these people, these media companies, which could total as much as $8 billion for a deal in media deals. And not only that, but they're saying that this deal, the way they're doing it, they might get ownership in some of the, in like Disney and all this stuff because they're kind of, they're, it's changing the game a little bit. They actually even uh, referenced the MLS with Apple now that Messi came over and that deal, how that deal was structured. They're saying the NBA deal could be the, Tout, uh, agreement as like as tout is one of the one that all the leagues will kind of start emulating and, and and looking at how it's structured and going after these media companies in a similar way. So that is again, if you're when you're when you're posting things, you guys might want to do a quick Google search. And granted, you don't want to, so you come listen to the Sorry We're Close podcast, and we're going to do the quick Google search for you. Um, but yeah, that is obviously not the reason that Mark Cuban is selling this majority stake of his franchise, but. Without further ado, and why everyone is listening to today's show, uh, the TiVo tidbit. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. That was a great yeah. introduction. Thank you to the house band for that intro as well. Um, the TiVo tidbit is based off of having a casino next to, uh, like, right next to the ballpark. Uh, which would be Philadelphia, Scumbag Philly, my hometown. The uh, Citizens Bank Park right across the street is Live Philly. And the cool thing about Philly, if you've never been down there, is the baseball's right there, the Eagles are across the street, and then the Flyers and the Sixers are all across the street. I, th- I think it's pretty unique. I don't think there's maybe even another city like that where all the major sports is in just one complex. And so years and years and years ago, it used to be a hotel. It was like a Holiday Inn. Um, and then, you know, over the years, you know, somebody bought it and they, I believe they just knocked it down and built up this casino. So it's called live casino, Philadelphia. And if you look at the statistics, I went into Phil, this is like the government website. So it was, you know, the revenue from philly.gov of the, on of the gambling, all the casinos. And I found live, uh, this live casino went to, I wanted to see what the bump was 
because the Phillies have had recent success in the last two years, and then the year before that, they didn't even make the playoffs. So I was like, oh, interesting. Obviously, you know, you hope profits rise every year just because of inflation, but I wanted to see if there was a discrepancy, and there, and there really was. So in tw 2021, in October, uh, they brought in uh, just shy of $19 million. So for the for the month, and this is this is this is revenue, and then uh, the next year the Phillies go to the World Series, and that October saw a 22 percent bump, and I thought I thought that was a lot. So then I went through the other the other months, and I think they averaged I'd say they averaged revenue across the monthly average was like say about 20 for for the rest of the year, and so the fly and look you look at Eagles like the football season's up. The, October was the best, and then the Flyers stink, so the winter was pretty bad. The Flyers and the Sixers weren't great. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Then again, year 23, then they had a 10% bump, 22 into 23 for this past year, where the Phillies made a run as well. So 20, 22% bump, 10% bump, if you want to even that out and call it a 15% bump, you know, just picking a number. But if, you're, if your team is going and doing well and drawing attendance and going into the playoffs, it's definitely bringing more revenue for that casino. Which I think is also a thought process and why they're bringing teams to Las Vegas and why the city, and again, it goes into what we spoke about last week, TiVo, when it talks about Oakland and why, you know, why the city of Las Vegas is, was giving up, you know, I think it was $400 million in possible city, city funding to – get the team to, to come and build a, a $1.2 billion stadium. Uh, and I think it's, it's because you're just adding attractions and reasons for people to come to the city of Las Vegas and stay in these casinos and then gamble in the casinos. We're seeing, we're seeing like I said, this is a great – listen, the TiVo tidbit never fails. It's only the first one, but it never fails, 100% <laughs> success rate. And you're seeing it in, in real time with Citizens Bank Park – you're seeing how big of a bump it's getting when just the team is doing well. Yeah, that's so, a crap. You know, more importantly, when, the, when there's nothing going on there, they're still, I mean, you know, I don't have the inside of their business of how successful the revenue is versus the cost, but I mean, it's been there for years and it's not, it seems like it's going anywhere. So even when there's not much going on, it's still bringing in a baseline revenue and it's not in the coolest part of town of Philly by any means. Yeah, it's, not, yeah. It does, it's nothing like, the, like a Vegas Sands uh, no. casino. No. Certainly not. But and we see it in the restaurant game. You know, we're talking about how Sundays are a little bit slower here in Hoboken because the Giants and Jets are absolutely atrocious. Um, I was actually looking to buy a, a restaurant group, one of, them, one of which had, a, had a, a, a bar restaurant like inside Citizens Bank Park. And uh, Tebow was actually there for that meeting uh, when I was out in Philly for that meeting. And he said that, like, it was, a, it was a restaurant that you could go into as a public, and if you had a ticket, you could get into the stadium as well. And if you had a ticket, you're allowed to go into the, the bar and go back into the stadium, like, all that. So it was, very, it was all intertwined. And he said, you know, when the team was good, I mean, the, the revenue was so much more. Uh, and you're seeing that in casinos, too. And that's why I said that's why Las Vegas is building up. I mean, you got to know how much money that, you know, we talked about last week and how F1 was supposedly a disaster. And then TiVo did a little bit of research and found out that F1 didn't seemingly was a disaster. It was done on a week that Las Vegas is typically slow on. They were less slow this time. So that's a win right in and of itself from Las Vegas. Um, and you're going to see the Super Bowl there in February. You're going to see a big, a big push there. You're just going to see these things. And, and that's what... 
you know, I, I would imagine that, you know, this would have been a good one. I, I didn't see the TiVo tidbit until this morning, and I wish I, I saw it earlier because uh, I, I you know, hopefully would have been able to look into uh, the win in, or the encore Boston Harbor. And is that correlated with how the Patriots are doing or how the Red Sox are doing or the Bruins? Like, that's a city that prides itself on its sports. Does that particular casino do better when the teams are doing well? I don't know. It's a little bit out of the way. Doesn't seem to be as close to Citizens Bank and all those all those ballparks as this casino might be. But it, it, it's it's you know is it? Do, I gotta imagine it's doing better when the teams are good. More people are coming to town. More, all this type of stuff. So it's like going hand in hand, and that's what I've seen a lot of times. And I've spoken to Sean about this. I've seen this a lot of times as I've grown in business. Is that you know. These, these, it's not just one thing these people make money on. I, I talk about this with um, uh, Hudson Yards here, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast, Sean. Um, but I know I've talked to Sean privately about it. I, you know, I've, I've got wind of a deal that, that Hudson Yards deal. I learned more about that deal because I've done some real estate development now. And in that project, the, the, one of the developers that was given the rights to build it, the moment they were given the rights to build it, they went to Brazil and they bought a glass manufacturer and then they owned that manufacturer. Let's say they bought it for maybe not pennies on the dollar, but whatever it was worth for them at that moment with the business they had, knowing that it'd be worth 10x that the moment that they were granted, because they were the developers, they were going to grant them the, the approvals to build all the glass for all of that. And if you've seen Hudson Yards, I mean, if you, haven't seen, yeah, if you haven't seen Hudson Yards, think the World Trade Center, uh, because that's what it is. It's just an all glass thing. And... It's not just one one building. You're talking about you know ten buildings, fifteen buildings. There are how many buildings are in the Hudson Yards. So not only did their company that they just bought increase in value by ten x, maybe maybe more, but they just collected all the profits from building that glass too. So it's like it's not only are they getting these big deals, but they're they're like you said, like we said with the, with the Red Sox and Fenway Sports Group. Not only do they own the Red Sox, but they own all the real estate around it, and maybe they own all the restaurants around it, and maybe they you know and so on and so forth. They have all of these micro businesses alongside the big business that you're paying attention to that they're making all this money on. It's not just one endeavor. And for years we talked about you know, we because we've been only doing this podcast the way we've been doing it for a couple months. But for years, people talked about how it was never that lucrative to do a to buy a sports franchise because you could buy an oil company for the same price and make way more money on it. But now, the way they're seemingly structuring it, these, these billionaires are seemingly structuring it. I mean, I can't... I don't know that, you know, could you make more money on oil or not? It seems like oil is pretty lucrative. But, uh, you know, it seems as though the way they're, they're kind of building these these cities as to them, for themselves and building all the real estate around it and, and bringing all this, all this attention um, to a particular time that where the real estate was, was devalued and now all of a sudden it's worth so much more and then they're collecting higher rents because of it all and so on and so forth. So you're just seeing this and it's not any different than what we're seeing now with gambling and sports gambling and how it's cor- correlated and the team's doing well, people are going to go come and then they're, they're going to come watch the, the Mavericks because they're excited, they're big Mavericks fans and why not throw 100 on Blackjack? <laughs> and if 20 million people do that in the year that just throw 100 on Blackjack, that whatever's twenty million times, let's add two more zeros. You're talking about you're talking about you know two is that two billion? Is twenty million times a hundred two billion? My math right there. Yes. Because one zero be two hundred two billion dollars that they <laughs> just brought in <laughs> on just the people coming to the Mavericks games. So you know, 
It is. It's just it's really interesting, and uh, and again, I've repeated myself over the course of the last couple of months since we started the podcast. The way that this is why we've done the podcast the way we've done it is because you just you know you don't look at these things. I never looked at these things, and I didn't start looking at them until I started noticing them in my own small, small, small business, and now growing it and seeing, oh, okay, right, so that's how that's done. All right, I, I that makes sense now. Uh, I, it makes total sense. Uh, so it just it, you just don't it, sometimes you just don't realize what's going on and it's like staring you right in the face. But until you kind of go through it yourself, you don't realize it. Uh, and that's kind of how this is going. And it's again, like I said, no different from these casinos. So uh, phenomenal TiVo tidbit. I look forward to next week's TiVo tidbit. Um, uh, very excited about that as it, it is a hundred percent success rate of how uh, how great it's been. So great job, TiVo. Great job. Uh, to wrap up the show, we will end because, and I, uh, we did this, the other part of Mark Cuban's announcement, it wasn't an announcement, it was separate announcements. He went on podcast to do this one, but it was, uh, he's, he's departing Shark Tank um, for, uh, after the next year's uh, tapings. I will tell you the reason it's seemingly he's departing, and then I'm going to let TiVo go into his notes and talk about some fun facts. Fun facts. TiVo's fun facts. Um, facts. <laughs> of Shark Tank in, uh, since he's been on it. But it seems as though it's pretty basic, and this is why I kept it to the end because it, I don't have much information out other than this. Seemingly, he's just leaving to spend more time with his, with his daughters. Uh, the kids are apparently are getting older. The, the schedules are conflicting now, whereas they were seemingly were better, um, I guess, in years past, and now he's not being able to spend as much time with them. Uh, so he's, he's, you know, whenever he got done taping Shark Tank, he then he'd be at the playoffs for the Mavericks, and he was busy then, and... It just things were so it's seemingly just that with a little bit more people speculating. This is complete speculation. He didn't say this, but that he's focusing and be able to focus a little bit more on the cost plus drugs, which is just a, a way to bring um, bring uh, cheaper generic drugs or more affordable generic drugs. And seemingly the first um, big pharma company, Cigna, uh, which is a competitor. Uh, is is entering that world now as well, and they're using their model to be able to to kind of compete with cost plus drugs. So he's uh, you know possibly doing to take a little bit more uh, time to spend on there, and which also begs the question. I believe Warren Buffett is a part of cost plus drugs. Uh, so rest in peace, his longtime business colleague and more um, less PC business colleague, but equally as good at investing, uh, Charlie Munger passed away at the age of 99 this past week. So rest in peace to one of the greatest investors of all time. Uh, and uh, I'm sure Warren will will certainly miss him. But I, I, I got to imagine, I think Charlie Munger might have been a, a part of the cost plus drugs alongside Warren. They seemingly did everything together. So uh, rest in peace to Charlie Munger. But TiVo, end this on a high note, my friend. Bring us through the the fun facts, and we have we have a we have a shout out to one of our friends in this in this um, one of the friends of the, sh- the of the podcast, one of the friends of the show, which only uh, me and Sean know personally, but uh, TiVo I'm sure will know because this friend does not allow himself not to be known to all of our friends. Uh, but we'll get to that a little bit in the in the middle of this. So TiVo, take away your fun facts. TiVo's fun facts of Shark Tank. So many great segments today for so many great segments, which is great. Uh, Mark Cuban, 85 deals across 111 episodes. Uh, 49 of those deals are still active today and still in business. His largest investment was $2 million for 1031 productions, which was actually earlier in the, in the, 
some earlier season. I think it was like four or five. And it was the, if you don't remember, the 1031 Productions was this, um, they came out and they had like the haunted experience. And this, they brought all the haunted people out, live action, haunted hay rides. And they actually had a really good business. It was one of those things where it comes out of the door and you're like, all right, this isn't going to work. And then, but they had a really good yeah. business and Mark bought into it for two mil. Uh, and they had a successful exit. Uh, I tried to find the math on that. It wasn't available, but uh, claimed as a successful exit. He averaged 50% below the median asking valuation. So when you know a person comes in and pitches their uh, business and they ask for you know a million dollar valuation, a hundred million dollar valuation, you know Mark's deals always got them on average 50% below below what they were asking for in the door. That's the oh, uh, wow. Shark Tank discount there. Thought that was interesting. His favorite success stories, uh, dude wipes, beatbox beverages, uh, and ice shaker. Ice shaker is the uh, Gronk brothers. Shout out to Chris. Beatbox is Gordy. crumbling. <laughs> yeah. Beatbox and, beverages is crushing. Is that you guys? Is that yeah. So that our, our friend, our dear friend, Brian O'Connor, Opie, uh, had joined beatbox beverages a few months ago and uh, seemingly is loving it. Uh, but uh, shout out, oh, shout out, cool. Opie. I told him today that uh, that this was a part of the show, and he and I quote, hold, oh, God. Uh, uh, hold on, uh, let's see here. He said, "Ha ha ha, WTF? Ha ha, hell yeah, baby. B Rye, better get a nice shout out, baby. Ha 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 ha." And then he said, "You betcha." I said, "You betcha." And he goes, "Be right, mushmira," uh, which no one understands besides Sean and I. Um, <laughs> I did. While you finish up here, TiVo, um, I did just ask uh, Brian for uh, a, a live comment uh, for the show. So as you finish up with the, the rest of this, let's see if we can get a, a comment from well, our beatbox. Not only do we need a live comment, we need a little sponsorship action then. Sponsorship. Uh, I don't. We'll Mirai is on the sales send a side. Message to Mark. Yes, B-Rye is on the sales <laughs> side. He's not in the marketing side. So, um, yeah. But give yeah. us a contact. Give us a contact. Give us a contact. Give us a contact, B-Rye. But go ahead and with your with the finale. And then the, the, the ones that got away, uh, he, so he was on the episodes for Spikeball. Uh, not only did he not invest in Spikeball, they then came and asked him, I think it was it was later, they went back and got in touch with him and asked him to be the, uh, the, the what do you call it? Oh, man, I'm blanking. Spokesperson? Like Roger Goodell, a commissioner. Commissioner, commissioner you want to be the commissioner ball? of the league? <laughs> yeah, the spike, oh, well, spike ball is huge now. It's on ESPN. So oh, this is before okay. they were bringing That's it the back. The thing where so they, they spike it the onto like a little net, like in the, they play on the beach. You don't know what spike ball is? Yeah, come I on, think Sean. I know what it is. Is that the thing it's where the you have like a little net, net and then you yeah, and you just like everybody plays at the beach? Yeah, yeah. I literally just said that. Yeah, I I can't really hear you that well, but the. The spikeball was the guys didn't invent it. Somebody invented it like 20 years ago. I don't know if you remember that episode, but like the the patent wore out, and these guys picked it up and started it back. So they didn't have to invent it. They just got the expiring patent. And then the uh, the the one the biggest one I think of all time that got away was Ring. So Ring mm-hmm. came on, didn't get deal, and then went to sell for Amazon for what a billion. And he I believe he's the only person that pitched on Shark Tank, and then also got a seat as a shark later wow well there's your fun facts from uh, from shark tank mark cuban selling the majority stake of the mavericks and coming off um oh we have we have a live comment here 
uh, coming in. I'm, I might have to vet it. Uh, you definitely have he, to vet it. Uh, he's <laughs> typing, but he so far has said, hey, this b Rye, what a show. Uh, but he is typing. But uh, <laughs> anywho, guys, this is really just for me, Sean and Tebow's amusement, because we, you never really know what good old b Rye is going to say. Uh, but sh- <laughs> okay. This is good for you guys to hear because you get a little bit of an insight into into B Rye's mind, um, but he he has now stated uh, what magical industrial voices Sean and Patrick brought to the audience. Uh, he's typing again. Uh, I can he only imagine be, what's next. He needs to be silenced. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just you just never know what's going to come what's out of that it, guy's What's mouth. his role at Beatbox Beverages? He's his sales CEO. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay, we got more here. The baby soft voices with loud cracks of excitement really brought passion to all the listeners, and we shall all miss the baby crack soft. I don't think we're not. The show is not over. Like, we're not, it's not the last silenced. episode. <laughs> and then he ended, which we'll end the show with, with many blessings to all. Uh, many blessings. Many blessings. Many blessings. Thank you for joining. Mark Cuban, out. Well, not completely out, but. Majority stakeholder no longer for the Mavericks, possibly buying into to, to Angus, Texas as well, already owning Mustang. If you uh, combine it Mustang, it will now be Mangus. That's it what I was laughing Mangus. about. Possibly. You heard it here for, first. <laughs> yes. New town in Texas, Mangus, which will be the home <laughs> of the Dallas Mavericks. The Mangus Mavericks. The Mangus Mavericks. <laughs> The Mang- and there you have it, the title of the episode, the Mangus Mavericks. Um, he'll be coming back. Uh, Mark's anyway, Mangus Mavericks. Mark's Mangus Mavericks. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Um, and until next time, we'll see you.